is there to enjoy goodness and love and riches forevermore. Father, you hold us in the very palm of your hand and you won't let go of us. Not today, not tomorrow, not ever. Father, we thank you for this confidence that we have because of Jesus Christ. You truly have been good to us and we rejoice in you today. We rejoice in you today. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, worship team. That was awesome. And, uh, you know, those of you worshiping at home, let me tell you, um, uh, you can just sense the presence of God here in the auditorium, even though there's just a few of us here working along with the worship team to put it on air. But we are sensing the presence of God. I hope you did too as well at home in your living room or whether you're, uh, you know, out in the back deck, however or wherever you are uh, celebrating with us today, we trust that you experience the presence of God just as we have here this morning. Thank you for tuning in with us. Um, just so you know, uh, we have made a few other adjustments today. We are um, moving uh, also our messages here on Sundays onto YouTube. And so uh, Pastor Mark's created a YouTube channel and he's becoming a computer whiz in the midst of this whole thing, I want you to know. Uh, and so we're just uh, really excited about the opportunity that that's bringing as well. So people will be able to check out uh, the messages. And as we develop that and as we work uh, the YouTube page, we're looking forward to being able to connect with you that way as well so that you can uh, take part. And even if you missed out the service and you just want to catch the message, you'll be able to do that on YouTube coming up uh, soon. So we just uh, invite you to check out that as well. Well, we're so glad that you're here with us today, as I've said before. And you know, um, uh, last fall, uh, I began teaching about spiritual gifts. And uh, in the fall, I taught from Romans chapter 12, verses 4 to 8, talked about the gifts, what I call the gifts of the Father. And these are the gifts that are hardwired into our DNA. They're the gifts that describe who we are and who we've been made uh, to be. And so I taught about those last fall. And then in January, I started teaching about the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12. And we began teaching about those. And then when the whole COVID thing uh, came upon us and the whole pandemic hit and we were no longer to meet together as a church, all of those plans, where we're going, what we're teaching, kind of got put on the back burner. Not because they aren't important and not because we don't need to learn about them, but because everybody's life all of a sudden shifted. Everything for everyone changed at that moment. And overnight, you know, we, we came to a, a number of revelations and realizations if we didn't have them before. Overnight, we realized that uh, we really didn't have much personalized control 
over our life. For a lot of people, that's all we hear about today. Uh, you know, that I want charge of my life, my future, uh, you know, my home, my work environment, etc. But the reality is, is something like this happens and you realize that, that the uh, control that you thought you had is completely an illusion and that you really don't have that much control at all. Also, we became very uh, acutely aware of human frailty. We became uh, so aware that all it takes is something that you can't see with a naked eye, and it begins to attack the body, and it has a devastating effect. And people were experiencing uh, fear and all kinds of other uh, things, especially regarding the future and regarding what's going to happen. And all of these thoughts began to occupy people's minds. We found ourselves as believers, you know, thrust in the middle of this uh, crucible of human fear. We found ourselves in the middle of it saying, God, we need your help to be able to uh, demonstrate hope and peace and strength and love uh, in this season to those who are around about us. And being forced apart as a church, we took to live streaming. And all of a sudden, here we were as, as a church previously, you know, uh, gathering together on a Sunday morning and enjoying the presence of the Lord together, thrust onto the internet, and now all of a sudden we realize people are tuning in from all over the place. People are checking in on the church who were no longer, who are previously, I should say, not part of our congregation or our body, and yet here they are, and they're on our doorstep, and they're here for a number of reasons. They may be here because they're coming back to their faith. They've been away from it for a long time, and they're coming back. They may be here because they're saying, I, I need peace. And you may have, may have tuned in because you're saying, I, I need some hope. I need some answers in the midst of this situation. Uh, you may have just tuned in because you're curious. And you said, you know what? I got nothing to do on a Sunday morning right now. Uh, I think I'll check in and see what uh, churches are doing, what churches have got to say about this whole thing. And so that may be the only reason that you tuned in. I, I, I don't know. But we're glad that you're here. And we're glad that we have this opportunity to share this time together and uh, to experience uh, God and to realize this simple truth, that what the pandemic has taught us is that we all have a need of something bigger than ourselves, of a God who is in control, of a God who is greater than us or our situation. And we've also realized that every single one of us, we're in this together, that uh, we are not going to be able to uh, see a solution to this if we don't work together, if we don't uh, uh, stand together if we don't support one another. And I've been so thrilled as I've read stories on the internet and, and witnessed, uh, you know, at firsthand people, uh, you know, blessing and encouraging one another in the midst of this pandemic. And it has been a really encouraging experience for me. So this morning, I want to begin by acknowledging everyone here today. Whether you're a Desert Stream regular or whether you've tuned in from across Canada or from around the world, we're thrilled that you're here with us uh, this morning and that you've been with us every week. I also want to acknowledge for everyone this morning that, that we recognize this is a difficult time. We're not, we're not by any means uh, you know, practicing what I call ostrich thinking with this. We haven't got our heads stuck in the sand talking about the goodness of the God when we don't see what's going on around us. We see it, but we realize that in spite of what we see, God is good. And we also realize that, that there's so much going on at this time and that it is, is so difficult for many. And this morning, we especially uh, 
reach out to those in the province of Nova Scotia who last Sunday, even as we were gathering here together, were experiencing a, a horrific act of rage by uh, an individual who's completely uh, deranged and, and wanting to inflict pain and suffering on other people. And we, we as, a, as a people in the rest of the nation, we weep for you in Nova Scotia this morning, and we are grieving with you through this entire situation. And for others around the country this morning, uh, you're dealing with the loss of a loved one due to the virus. The virus is widespread enough that most everyone knows somebody who's either contracted the virus or maybe even has perhaps uh, died because of the virus. Uh, and so the reality is, is that it's, it's large enough in scope that virtually everybody has had some kind of exposure to it. And certainly millions have lost their jobs and many others are not certain whether their job is going to be there for them when this whole thing is passed. And so there's a lot of uncertainty and there's a lot of struggle with this. And so we acknowledge all of this pain and uncertainty this morning. It is all very real. So despite it all though, he is with us. God is with us. As I've said numerous times already this morning, he promised that he would never leave us, that he would never forsake us. God is with us. He is with us in the midst of this difficult time, and he is not going to leave us at any point in this whole situation. And uh, for those of you who watch our, our, our blogs throughout the week, you'll notice that this past week I posted a blog uh, where I spoke about some of the difficulty that our forefathers have endured before us. And this morning I want to just kind of re repeat some of that to you. That, do you realize that if you were born in 1900, the year 1900, that this is what you would have endured long before you reached retirement? First of all, at the age of tender age of 14, you would have watched your friends and your loved ones going off to fight in what was at the time called the Great War, World War I. That war went from 1914 to 1918, and it claimed 20 million lives. And then as our young men and young women were coming home from the battlefield, uh, they came home to a pandemic of, of the likes of which we had never seen before. 500 million people around the world were infected in the Spanish flu epidemic. And over 55 million people perished in that flu pandemic. Just as the world was getting back to normal, 1929 came. And in the fall of 1929, the stock market crashed in a way that we had never seen before. And the economic devastation was, was absolutely devastating. And, and people uh, lost fortunes overnight. And, and, and this led into the Great Depression, which hung over our nations for many years. And then in the midst of the Great Depression, uh, there was a drought that hit the, the prairies in Canada and the United States. And it was so long and so devastating, so protracted that it was nicknamed the Dirty Thirties. And that uh, drought led to more suffering and more difficulty. And just as things seemed like there was hope and the drought was coming to an end, 1936 came around. And we watched our young men and young women going off to war again in 1936. And that war, as you know, came to an end in 1945. And so if you were born in 1900, by the time you were 45 years of age, you witnessed all of that suffering, all of that struggle, all of that difficulty. And if you were a believer in Jesus Christ, 
How did you get through? How did you get beyond all of that difficulty, all of that struggle, all of that uh, difficult times and circumstances which was facing humanity? Well, I'll tell you how they got through. I'll tell you how people have gotten through from the beginning uh, ever since Christ came 2,000 years ago uh, and, and the church was persecuted and the church was, was hunted and people had to, had to trust God, how did they make it through? Well, the first thing that they do that every believer needs to do in the midst of difficult times is that you've got to know, first of all, who you are. You have to know that you are a child of God, that you are a son or a daughter of the Most High. How do you get through a difficult time? You know who you are. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. That is who you are. Whose are you? You're God's. And who are you? You are a son. You are a daughter of God. That's who you are. So you can forget the past week, month, or even year, your failures, your shortcomings, what other people say about you, what your enemies say about you. You can even forget what the devil says about you. The reality is you are a son or a daughter of God. That is who you are, a son or a daughter of the king of the most high God. That is who you are. Now, ladies, let me just say something here to you this morning. The Bible uses the term son to describe who we are uh, most often in Scripture. Sometimes it says sons and daughters, but many times it just says sons. But when it does, it's an inclusive term. It includes everyone. It includes uh, ladies as well as gentlemen. And you have to understand that, that the, the language is there, and God is using that language because it was a son that received the inheritance. And so he wanted you as ladies to know that, that you also receive the inheritance. And besides, uh, you should be okay with the fact that you're referred to as a son because we as men are referred to as the bride of Christ as well. So if we can be the bride, you too can be a son, and it's good for everybody. We're okay. And I have some scriptures I want to share with you with respect to this this morning. The first one's in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. And it says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Just as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. There you have it, ladies. We're all one in Christ Jesus. Paul goes on the next chapter in chapter 4, and he says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive uh, the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, then God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. You see, Jesus adopted us as his sons. He made us part of the family. And as part of the family, then the Bible tells us that, that we are, are co-heirs. We are heirs with Jesus Christ to all of the promises of God. That's what he's done for us. And when you realize who you are, when you realize that you are indeed a son of God, that he has created you and he has called you into his presence through Jesus Christ, and that you're a son, it changes everything. It's difficult to have an identity crisis when you realize that you're a son of God, when you realize that's who I am, that I have been grafted into the family of God. And so as a son... 
as a member of the family of God, then I will no longer ever again feel insignificant or feel like I don't matter. I matter because I am a child. I am a son of God. That's where my identity comes from. So that's the first thing you need to understand. You need to understand uh, who you are. The second thing you need to know, and what gets you through a difficult situation like we're facing today, is you need to know why I'm here. That's one of the number one questions I get asked as a pastor. Is Someone will come into my office and they'll sit down and they say, Pastor, I just need to know, why am I here? What's God's purpose for my life? What, why, why did he create me? And that's a, a difficult question for people, and they want to know the answer to that. Well, the answer may surprise you, and, uh, but I want you to hear me this morning. That you're not just here to fulfill a task or to complete a specific job. In fact, that's often what we mean when we ask, why am I here? And we're focused on what is that one thing, that one task, that one job that God has for me. And if I just do that thing, then I'll know that, that that's why I'm here and I'll have identity. But your identity is supposed to come, as we've already talked about, from being in Christ, from being a son. And then when you know that you're a son, you can take a look at it and say, well, then why am I here? Well, you know, here's why you're here. You are here, you are here to bring pleasure to God. You know, the Westminster Church Confession says that you're here to worship God and to love him forever. And, and that's true, but, but there's a slightly more important reason why you're here. Yeah, you're here to worship God and to love him forever, but the first reason that you're here, the first reason that you exist is to bring pleasure to God. God created you so that his heart could be fulfilled, that his love could be poured out upon you. He created you so that he could have someone upon which to pour his affection, to pour his love, and that in turn, that would bring him pleasure and delight. Any person who's a parent knows what I'm talking about. You know that, that there is no greater joy than when that child is born. And, and even though that child is completely dependent upon you for its existence, can't feed itself, can't, can't do anything for itself, but you would give your life for that child the second that they're born. You know what it is to delight and drive, derive pleasure from this child that God has given to you. And you, 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 you realize that you're, you feel so much more fulfilled as you hold that baby in your arms because you realize that life is there and I am getting so much joy and pleasure, even though, even though that little life cannot yet do anything at all for itself. But you still receive pleasure and joy from that child's existence. You know, and that's why God created us as he did. He created us with five senses. He created us with emotions, and he did that so that we could understand what it is to draw pleasure from the human journey, so that we could relate to a God who draws pleasure from our existence, from you and I. God made us this way so that we could be truly made in his image. We could be a people who knew what it was to receive joy and to receive uh, pleasure from the experience of sharing the journey with someone else. That's who we are. He loves us. He delights in us. He gets pleasure from our very existence. That is, is what God has put us on earth for. So I need to know who I am. I am a son. I am a daughter of God. Then secondly, I need to know why I'm here. I am here to bring pleasure, to bring joy to the Father. Well, then I have people say, okay, that, 
That's great, Pastor, but, but what am I supposed to do? That's who I am. That's why I'm here. I get it. But what am I supposed to do? Well, you know, the answer to that, if you're looking for me to give you a very specific thing, well, you know, you just need to go out and do this or this or this. That's not going to happen today because the reality is there's millions of us on this planet and, and I don't have an inventory of who everybody is and I can't give you the specific answer to that question. But I can tell you that uh, generally I have an idea what it is that you're supposed to do. Yeah, you're a son of God and yeah, you exist to bring pleasure to the Father, but you know, here in this self-imposed isolation, uh, everybody has been cut off from their daily routines and is asking, what am I supposed to do in the midst of it all? As a result of it, some people are absolutely run right off their feet and other people are bored right out of their skull. And uh, many are somehow right in the middle, not knowing what to do or what is my assignment. But you know, if you want to know uh, what God has for you to do in the midst of it all, maybe I can give you a little bit of a, a help from Philippians chapter 3. And uh, verse 12, listen to what Paul said to the church in Philippi. He said, not that I have already obtained all of this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. You know, if you want to know what is it I'm supposed to do, well, then go to God and say, God, what can I do? What can, what can I do today that is me taking hold of what you took hold of me for. God apprehended you with purpose. God got a hold of your life with purpose. And that purpose is to express in your life what he took hold of you for. You want to know what you're supposed to do? It isn't so much about your job, whether you, know, you sell real estate as Jeff does here, or whether you work in an office, or whether you work in a factory, or whether you, it doesn't matter specifically what that job is. In the midst of it all, ask yourself every day as you leave the house, what am I doing today to take hold of the reason for which Christ Jesus took hold of me? What am I doing today to, as they say in, in, in Latin, carpe diem, to seize the day? What am I doing today to take a hold of the opportunities that God brings before me? You see, if we, will, if we will ask that question when we leave the house in the morning and then take responsibility for it, so we'll seize the day, then we'll take responsibility for it. Whatever work comes along with that, Lord, whatever uh, is there, then help me to take responsibility for it. What does that look like? Well, you know, you leave the house in the morning, and uh, first thing you encounter is somebody who has a financial need. So now you've got an opportunity to seize the day, and how do you take responsibility for it? Well, you don't just say, well, you know, somebody else will help them with that. Well, maybe God's put you right in their path because you can help them with that. So if you seize the day and you take responsibility for it, you have an opportunity to help that person in the midst of their need, and you become God's hand, God's feet, God's expression into that person's life in that time of need. And then the next thing to do is to make yourself responsible to God, or accountable to God, I should say, for uh, your, your fellow man and for those opportunities that you've been given. So you seize the opportunity, you take responsibility for it, and then you make yourself accountable to God and say, Lord, I, I, at the end of the day, you lay down and say, God, I, I think I did everything that you asked me to do today. And Lord, if I didn't, can you just... Show me where I didn't. Help remind me of maybe where I could have done more. I could have done something else. See, by doing that, by waking up every day saying, Lord, show me the opportunities. 
and then taking responsibility for them when they come our way. And then by saying, Lord, how did I do today? Asking the question, becoming accountable, we begin to see our life take shape and make a difference in other people's lives. And then, of course, you need to do all that while recognizing that you're a son. Recognizing that only a, only a family member inherits uh, the, the family fortune, if you will. That God, the Bible says over and over again in the New Testament, that he grafted us into the family. He made us sons and he made us daughters. And, and, and along with that, he made us co-heirs with Jesus Christ. So that we have access to everything that Jesus has access to. We have access to the Father in prayer, but we also have access to all of the, the, the resources, all of the goodness that God has. We, as the people of God, can literally shape the world that we live in. If we will wake up every day, seize the day. If we will secondly uh, take responsibility for the opportunities he puts in front of us. And then at the end of the day, say, God, how did I do today? Make ourselves accountable to him, recognizing that we are sons and daughters of God. That's what he's called each and every one of us to do today. He's called us to, to live that way. And when we live that way, we become the expression of God here on earth. You know, in the Old Testament, there's a great story. And it was when Moses was standing uh, out in the wilderness and he came across this burning bush. And, uh, you know, he came across this bush and, and if it was on fire, but it wasn't consumed. If you saw that, or I saw it, you'd think that was pretty spectacular. So Moses sees this bush and so he walks up to the bush and the first thing he's told is that, you know, take off your shoes because that place where you're standing right now, that's holy ground. And so Moses recognized he's standing on holy ground and and then God revealed to Moses what his mission was going to be, what his opportunity was. His opportunity was to go and deliver his people from bondage in Egypt. That is quite the opportunity. And so Moses, he did what most you and I do. Moses uh, began to make some excuses. Moses said, but God... Uh, uh, you know, how am I supposed to do that? I have a stutter. I, I have this problem when I talk. I, you know, I, I'm not a good spokesperson. I'm not good with my language. And, and God would hear none of it. He said, okay, I'll, I'll send your brother Aaron with you. He can speak. And he said, well, God, what am I going to do when someone says to me, you know, uh, who are you that I should listen to you? And then God asked him a question, which is one of the most profound questions, which I think God is asking us today as well. And my wife's got something here to help me with. Uh, that question. Uh, and this is what she brought up on stage, a staff. And God looked at Moses and he said to Moses, he said, what do you have in your hand? What's that thing that's in your hand? And Moses just said, well, it, it's a staff. And then he said, well, toss it on the ground. And he tossed it on the ground and instantly the Bible says it became a serpent and Moses jumped back and <clears throat> God said, now take it by the tail. And he took it by the tail and it turned into a staff again. And God said, when they ask, who told you that uh, you, know, you were to go and you were to do this, you just say, I am sent you. That the power I have is right there and can be demonstrated with what you have in your hand. And I want to ask you this morning, what is it that you have in your hand? Everybody's got something in their hand. Everybody's got something that they have that they can use for the glory and for the purposes of God. There's something that God's put in your hand. God has put something right there in your hand that you can use right now for him.
It might be financial resources. It might be uh, your car to be able to deliver, deliver things to other people. It may be your ability to, to pray for your neighbors or to go on the phone or to post things on, on Facebook. There's something that God's put in your hand that you already have in your possession that God says, if you'll surrender it to me, I can use it for my glory. What's in your hand this morning? What's in your hand this morning? Did you have something you wanted to add to that, dear? <laughs> what, I, what I was really sensing um, is a lot of us think when it's God, it's going to be big and it's going to be huge. And so we miss out on the small opportunities, on the little things. And you know what? The little things are what become the big things. Darlene uh, Czech, who a lot of people know her from Hillsong, and she became a famous worship leader. And she said what they, when she, they started out, it was just her and some young moms, and they were going to uh, different conferences and different meetings, and they just began to worship the Lord where they were, and, and they were just worshipers at heart, never knowing what was going to happen. They were just ordinary people living their ordinary lives, and extraordinary things began to happen when they used what God put in their hands. So be faithful in the small things that God tells you to do, because you have no idea where that's going to lead. It all boils down to stewardship. What am I doing with what God has already placed in my hand? My wife received this gift yesterday. Wayne Levy dropped by the house, and he and Cheryl came by, and Wayne held it out like this at six feet apart so we could be practicing proper physical distancing. But he gave it to my wife, and it says he'd carved this for her, a walking stick, and it says faith, hope, and love on one side. And then it says we walk by faith and not by sight on the other. And, and you know, and so this morning kind of made a great prop. Uh, this is what... Presently, I'm holding my hand like Moses did, but every one of us has gifts and abilities and resources that God has put in your hand. And as my wife has just said, it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be, you know, earth-shattering, but it, it, it's about taking what I have and investing it for God. It's really about stewardship. And if we'll invest <clears throat> in the little things, just like Darlene Check and her story that she spoke of this morning, it turns into something big in the Master's hands. What's in your hand this morning? That's the question that I think God's asking every one of us. And in the midst of this uh, difficult season in which we, we don't really know when things are going to shift or we're getting to see some signs about maybe some normalcy coming back. But, you know, really for us as a church, we realize that public gatherings of our size here at the church are probably one of the last things to be restored. And so for us, in the meantime, this is going to be a lot what church looks like. And that doesn't change, though, that we've got lots of things in our hand that we can do for the glory of God. And we want to challenge you today, whether you're a Desert Stream regular or whether you're tuning in from somewhere else around the world, God has put stuff in your hand. He's given you uh, talents, resources, uh, giftings, abilities that you can use for Him and for His glory. And that when you will seize the day, wake up every day and say, God, what have you put in my hand? What can I do with it today? And when you see a need and you take responsibility for it, and when you lay your head down every night and you say, Father, how did I do today? And you make yourself accountable to the Father for all that came to you that day. When we live that way, then we literally will change the world. I want you to just pray with me today. And uh, we're going to ask Holy Spirit to help us 
Uh, and you might be tuning in with uh, me today and have never, uh, you know, considered that God had a purpose for your life. Maybe you've asked a question and no one's ever tried to provide an answer or you've never read anything or heard anything that provided an answer. But today you're hearing an answer for the first time. And you're saying, God, I want to be part of that. I want to be used by you in the midst of this season that we're in. Then I want you just to pray with me today. And, uh, and, if, and do me a favor, at the end, if, if you're watching with us, whether it's right now today live or whether it's some point later through the week, if, if you pray this with me today and you, know, and you uh, give your life to Christ, maybe for the first time, would you just send us an email or send us a, 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 a note and let us know, maybe post it on Facebook for us, that, hey, I, I prayed with that. We'd love to be able to help you out. It doesn't matter whether you're here in Belleville or around the world. We'd love to, to get you connected with a group of believers. We'd love to be able to get some, uh, a Bible in your hands if you don't have one. We would just like to be a blessing to you in any way that we can. So I invite you to pray with me right now. Father, we thank you today for all of the lives that are tuned in with us. Father, some are regulars, but many are, are people that, Father, have tuned in, some even for the first time today, and they have questions about their, their life, about why am I here, you know, who am I, what do you have for me to do? And God, I, I, I believe that today, that, that through this message, that there are, those questions are being answered. And they realize, first of all, I'm a son or a daughter of God, that I'm here to bring pleasure to my heavenly Father, to put a smile on his face, to bring joy to his heart. And that he does have something for me to do, but it doesn't have to be big. All it has to be is uh, an act of obedience. That I wake up in the morning and say, God, what do you have for me today? And that, Father, we allow ourselves to be used by you. Father, to be your hands, to be your feet, to be your voice. And so, Father, today, uh, for those who have never taken the time to submit their life to you. Father, I just pray right now that, God, you would meet with them. And if that's you this morning, then, then just pray that with me today right now. Say, dear Jesus, I give my life to you. I ask you to forgive me of all of my shortcomings, all of my sins, and I lay them at your feet. I ask you right now, Jesus, to take my life and use it for your glory. Whether big or small, I ask you, Lord, to take what I have, the thing that's in my hand, and use it for you. So that your love, so that your joy can be spread about this world. So, Father, I offer myself to you today, in Jesus' name, amen. We encourage you to uh, let us know if you prayed along with us today. And, and please, please, uh, we, we want to do everything we can to encourage you in that journey with Christ. And we want to thank you for tuning in today. We know that there are many things, uh, especially on a Sunday morning, lots of churches, lots of groups out there that are telling the good news of Jesus Christ. We thank you for taking the time to be with us and making us part of your life, inviting us into your home today. We encourage you to share uh, this link, this Facebook uh, link with many people, your friends, your neighbors. Uh, they can watch it throughout the week and uh, they can <clears throat> share with us together and let people know that it's going to be coming up on YouTube as well so they can go there if they want to just hear the message, uh, that that is also going to be available. 
uh, coming up as well. We just thank you for being with us today. It's a privilege to be in your home and to be a part of your life. Thank you for sharing your time with us today. The Lord bless you, and we hope to see you again soon. Bye-bye.